I want to jump into the Word. Amen? Amen. Revelation 1 is where we're going to go. Let me give you a little foundation. Let me just give you a little bit um, of a foundation of how I arrived here. This is actually going to be a two-parter. I'm going to be in John 11 next week. We're going to be in Revelation chapter 1 and Revelation chapter 4 um, today. So go ahead and turn there, and as you're finding that spot, I just want to give you a little bit, because I had already had my sermon pretty much done, and I just couldn't get settled. And when I can't get settled, I began to seek the Lord, of course. I want to bring you a now word from God. I don't want to bring you, the word of God never grows stale. Everybody understand that? But there are things that God is speaking in different seasons for different people. And when I began to be led down this direction, um, I kind of prayed about it in this way. I said, Lord, I I don't want to talk about problems this Sunday. I don't want to talk about the fire that people are walking through. I want to talk about how we get from the place where we're in the fire to where we can see the manifestation of what God has promised. Because the, the word that's on my heart today is there are some things that you have been seeking and praying. And honestly, it seems like all that happens is more problems get piled on. I had to ask the Lord. I said, Lord, is that just because that's the season I've been in or is that the season your church has been in? And here's what the Holy Spirit said to me. I am removing fragile faith from my people. Fragile faith is not going to get you through the days ahead. Fragile faith is not going to get you to a place where you see prayers answered. And what I felt, I I was reminded of a story when I began to pray about this. I was actually reminded of two, but I'm definitely going to share one with you. There was a long-distance swimmer by the name of Florence. I don't know if I watched a, a documentary on her one time or, or read this or even heard it in a sermon at some point. But this story just kind of came back to my memory. And I feel like it's where a lot of people are at right now in their walk with the Lord. And what Florence did is she was a long-distance endurance swimmer. So she was the first woman to swim across the English Channel. I don't know who would ever get that idea in their head. That ain't for me. But it was for Florence. And she, she wanted to swim across to other places that nobody had done. So she found herself in California. And she wanted to swim from Catalina Island to the coast of California. Very long distance. The water that, that evening when she got into it, and of course she had a boat with her to, to make sure she was safe. Her mom was on the boat. And as she set out, she was doing really well. She was swimming strong. As she got closer and out in the middle between the Catalina Island and the coast of California, the fog began to settle in that day, and the water grew colder and colder. And she would stop every so often and turn back to the boat, and she would say to her mom, I don't think I can do this. And the mom was up there on the boat encouraging her, just go a little further, just go a little further, just go a little further. Well, she kept going further and further until she reached a point where she just put herself up in the water, and she was treading water, and the fog was so thick around her, and she looked at her mom, she said, I can't go any further, I want to get in the boat. So the people pulled her up in the boat, and they interviewed her the next day for the newspaper. And her quote was very interesting because she realized pretty quickly after she got in the boat, because the fog was so thick in front of her, that she was only 800 feet from the shore. 
She was very disappointed. She was very upset because if she could have just seen what was right in front of her on the other side of what she couldn't see, she would have made it all the way to her destination. And I came with a simple word for the people of God today. Don't give up. Keep swimming. Keep moving. Keep going forward because our God is an answering God and he has something incredible for you. But sometimes we just can't see it. Sometimes we never reach the destination God has because we give up right before the moment of breakthrough. We give up right when we're in the midst of the difficulty. We give up right when we're in the midst of the fight and the battle. Another story that came to my mind was um, this was in France and this guide would take, it was a devotional I read a few years ago. And in that devotional, the devotion was kind of geared towards um, making a way for God and God making a way for us to bring us to a summit or a mountaintop experience with him. How many love mountaintop experience with God? Amen. But can I tell you, we don't dwell there. It's always a valley to walk through, right? But this man talked to the guide when they were going to finally get up to the summit. They had been tracking their way up the Alps. And this was known as a very beautiful spot. And the the guide got up that day and said, okay, this is going to be the hardest part of the journey. And it's going to be very difficult. So I want you to leave anything that's not absolutely necessary here. And we're going to go to the top. Well, one man in the group, his dream was always to pack a big thing of cheese and some wine and his, and his um, camera and take pictures of him enjoying some cheese and wine up on the summit. You know they were French, right? So you got that part. Okay, cheese and wine, French thing. And when he got up that morning, he put his camera lens, he put his camera, he put a whole wheel of cheese and put a couple bottles of wine down in his knapsack. And as they began to make their way to the summit, he began to fall further and further behind. So the guide turns around and looks at him and he says this, he says, get rid of anything that's not necessary so that we can finish the climb to the top. He said, no, 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 I'm just going to plant myself here, set up camp, and enjoy my wine and cheese, and settle for here instead of here. And church, I don't want us as a church, as a people of God, to settle for less than what God has promised in His Word, because His Word this morning is eternal, and it does not fail. Amen? Amen. Last name of Florence was Chadwick. I couldn't think of it there in the moment. A few months ago, I told you this, and I'm going to remind you of this. When I talk about fragile faith, that's a word God spoke to me this uh, past week. And the two sermons that we're going to go into today and then next week in John 11 is about vision for the year and is about what is ahead for the year. I kind of struggle with this because how many know everybody went through a tough time in 2020? The whole world. Amen. And I lamented the fact that I wasn't, I felt, I said, God, I I felt should have been preparing the people that you've placed me as pastor for what was ahead. And I think I said to myself, I think every pastor out there missed it. We went into 2020 of just God's going to do great things. And he did. You know what he was doing? He was getting rid of the things that are non-essential so that we can make our way ahead in the things that are essential. Amen. And what God is working out of his people is fragile faith. Faith that cannot be tested is not pure faith. It's not pure. So God, I I mentioned this a few months ago, but I want to say it again. God is putting some grit in his people. Amen. Some grit. And I told, I told you this, the G 
plus R equals IT. The IT is internal toughness. Amen? God is, is working some internal toughness in his people because the world is going to look to the church in the days ahead when everything is coming apart at the seams. Amen? Amen. You say, Pastor, it's in a very encouraging message. It is. Because God is creating an ark. God is opening a door. God is going to protect and watch over his people. So it's internal toughness, but you need two things. You need grace. How many are thankful for the grace of God? Amen. (laughs) Me too. Understanding grace is so important in our lives. The relentless and radical, unfailing love of God is the foundation by which we build our life. And we are not to look at the things that are seen, but we look to the things that are unseen to build our life upon. Because the things that are seen are passing away, but the things that can't be seen are eternal. And what God is placing in His people is finally a chance for us to face the circumstance and to face the problem and to face the fire. Not with saying, well, God, maybe, maybe won't. Face it with some grit in you because it is grace and it is reliance. There is power. Listen to me. There is power in powerlessness. You say, what makes me a candidate to receive this grace of God? What makes me a candidate to not look with my natural eyes, but look with the eyes of the Spirit? What makes me that candidate? You just surrender like we just sang a few minutes ago. It's just surrendering to His will, surrendering to His way, surrendering to His plan. But I think God is working something in us. And we're going to look at this in Revelation chapter 1. Because we are going to start our corporate fast tomorrow. And then we're going to end on, in two weeks from today, on Sunday evening, we're going to have a service where we just come together and seek Him and pray. Does that sound good to everybody? Amen. And I went this direction because when you leave today, I want to encourage you, pick up one of our prayer sheets because we're going to have a prayer focus as a church in unity every single day. In the first week, and this is why I'm preaching the way I'm, pre- what I'm preaching today, and the Holy Spirit pointed this out to me because I'd already made these last week, is it really focuses on us. Praying that we can get past Past mistakes, past sin, past hurts and disappointments. You'll see them as they're listed there. It's really focusing on us. And then the second week is focusing on the people around us. Because I want to stir you up in this time of fasting to get you a most wanted list of people you want to see saved in 2023. Because i got a promise for you from the Holy Spirit. God's going to move powerfully in their life. God is going to arrest them where they are. You may have wayward kids. You may have wayward grandkids. You may have a wayward spouse. And I declare that. 2023 is the year of miracles and it's the year of people coming in and getting saved and some of the people you've been praying for for a long time. So we're going to start that. But where I want to start is you can't look at your circumstances. You have to look to Jesus this morning. Amen. Look here in in Revelation chapter one. We're going to start down in verse nine and then we're going to jump over to chapter four immediately after. And I want to give you this word today. Revelation 1, verse 9. I, John, your brother and companion in the suffering and kingdom and patient endurance that are ours in Jesus, was on the island of Patmos because of the word of God and the testimony of Jesus. On the Lord's day, I was in the spirit and I heard behind me a loud voice like a trumpet. Now I want you to turn to Revelation 4 and we're going to look at verse 1.
Revelation 4, verse 1. After this, everybody say after this. this. I looked and there before me was a door standing open in heaven. And the voice I had first heard speaking to me like a trumpet said, Come up here and I will show you what must take place after this. Father, for these next few minutes and moments as we settle here in your presence. Father, we love your presence. We love your moving of your Holy Spirit because, Lord, that is literally life to us today. It's life to our souls. It's life to our bodies. It's life to our spirit. Father, I pray anything said of me would fall by the wayside, but whatever is said under the unction and anointing of the Spirit of God would go into the hearts of these awesome, precious people, these children of yours, to, to bring faith and to bring a challenge today that no matter what we're looking at in front of us, God, there is an after this. We praise and glorify your name. In Jesus Christ's holy name we pray. Amen. Amen. Everybody say after this. this. Have you ever been going through a this moment (laughs) and it seemed like the doors of heaven were closed to you? Today I came to tell some folk that after this, whatever this is for you, God is going to open up doors. Amen. Amen. But before there's an open heaven, sometimes we have to go through an after this season or an after this time. But I feel like the word this morning for you is there will be an after this. The enemy has lied and he's told you this is the end. He has lied and he's told you that you're going down for the last time. He's lied and he's told you that things will never change. But I came to tell you that God says there's an after this for the people of God and the people of God at Christian Center Church. There's an after this. John the Apostle was the son of Zebedee and the brother of James. So let me lay a little foundation this morning and give you an understanding today of what it means when it says after this. What was the after this that was being referred to? Of course, he's talking about the final fulfillment of the end times. But for us, as a practical application of the Word of God this morning, there is an after this. What's the this that was being referred to? Now, what was being referred to was John was on the Isle island of Patmos. At this point, he's roughly 90 years old. And at 90 years old, decades before, all the other original apostles had already been martyred and had already been killed for their faith. So John is the one who, according to our history books and according to all the biblical you know, writings out there and scholars have told us very clearly that arose a Roman emperor at this time and his name was Domitian. And Domitian was especially known to being cruel to Christianity. He was trying to stop Christianity. He was trying to step it out. And this is just a side note, but we're living in a society that's increasingly becoming hostile to Christianity. If you're going to take a stand on the truth, I want to go ahead and let you know that there are going to be people who are filled with Satan and the devil that are going to come against you for taking a stand on the truth of God's word. But I want to declare to you today, I'm standing on the truth, no matter what it's going to cost me or my family or anything else. Just want to throw that as a side note, because John wasn't going to give up on who he knew to be the truth and what he knew to be the truth. There wasn't a Bible at this time, of course, it was still being written, but he's 90 years old. Domitian, and I want to point out to you of something very important as we open this this morning. John was the beloved disciple, right? At least according to his own words. I love that. John wrote it. Man, he loved me more than anybody else. He just, I was his favorite. I want to tell you, you are his favorite this morning. You are. You may not have come in here feeling this that way, but sometimes we think if we're his favorite, then we're not ever going to go through the battle. 
that we're not ever going to go through the fight. When you look at the Gospels, it's very clear and it becomes evident right from the beginning that, that Peter, James, and John were three that were taken into kind of an inner circle. John was there when Jairus' daughter was raised. John was there on the Mount of Transfiguration. John was there for very key moments in Jesus' life and ministry. Of course, he was there at the Passover. The Bible tells us that he actually was so close to the Lord that he just leaned over. And as Jesus was, was given the Passover and explaining to them what was about to happen. And then you move on from there. And John was there when he was arrested. John was there with Peter when he was being you know, tried. John was there at the cross with Mary, the mother of Jesus. I mean, if, 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 you look at, if you look at someone and say, behold your mother, son, behold mother, behold your son, it means you were giving care of your mother over to the person you trusted the most, right? He was there for all of these events. He was very close to the Lord. And oftentimes we think, if I'm just really close to the Lord, that, is gonna, that flies in the face of modern day religion. That, hey, come, come give your life to Jesus and then everything's just going to be cupcakes and sunshine the rest of the way. Living the Christian life, I've learned after almost 25 years, is a hard uphill climb. But you're not meant to do it alone. He makes your feet, the Bible says, like hinds feet. Which means you can climb up things that nobody else can climb up. You can conquer things that nobody else climbs. You can be like a Florence who doesn't have to give up 800 feet from the shore because there is a power that resides in you that isn't in anybody else. It is in the church and the people of God and it's called the power of the Holy Spirit. You may be visiting or may be new to our church. I want to just tell you that we believe in the moving of the Spirit. We believe in the gifts of the Spirit. So if you hear somebody just quietly praying in tongues right there around you, don't freak out. I'll tell you this this morning. If you're going through a fire, you're going to pray in some kind of tongues. But it ain't always holy. Come on, somebody. So we need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. I'm going to get to that in a minute. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just riffing right now. Amen? Because we look at John's life and he's on Patmos. Patmos was the most horrible place that you could ever find yourself. Because, and some of you are in this place today, you literally feel like you're walking through a fire. You feel like you're walking through the difficulty. And I don't think it could get any more difficult than what the Apostle John went through. Because Domitian hated him so much and he hated Christians so much. He said, I tell you what, get a big old vat of boiling oil. And we're going to dunk him in there. That, that's what Domitian decided that was going to happen to the Apostle John, the one that Jesus cared for deeply, the one at 90 years old at this point. So as the story goes historically, and this is the truth, they picked him up, they put him in the boiling vat of oil, and when they pulled him out expecting him to be fried, he wasn't even wet with oil. That's called Jesus being in the pot with you. And so Domitian says, okay, if we can't... Now, if that would have... If I'd have been Domitian and I witnessed or saw or had a report of that from my guards, I would have fallen on my knees and said, I got to know this Jesus. It's kind of like when Paul went before Felix and he said, thou almost persuadeth me to become a Christian. Church, there is no almost in your relationship with Christ. It is either all the way or it's not at all. 
But those who are going to go all in, and I'm going to talk about this more next week, that we are to be all in for Jesus. We will not affect our community. You will not affect your household. You will not affect anything around you. You will actually be more influenced by the culture than we are influencing culture because the church is backslid and the church is is backwards. And all we have to do is finally come to the place where we're all in for him. John was all in for Jesus. And when you're all in for Jesus, it doesn't matter the rage of the enemy. Amen? Amen. You say the the enemy's raging? Yes, because he knows his days are short. How many are looking forward to God finally dealing with that old slew foot, the devil? Me too. So he's on this island, and I've studied this many times before because it just just absolutely blows me away. If you think you're going through a hard time, let me tell you what John was going through on the island of Patmos. The island of Patmos, it literally meant the place of my killing. Because today, this island is a beautiful resort where people go and take a vacation. In John's day, the Roman Empire used it as an island. And we think of nice Alcatraz block buildings with razor wire around it or something like that. Nothing could have been further from the truth. They just brought you there and they had Roman guards. And the Roman guards had an outpost where they would land. They would process you in and then they would push you out. Into onto Patmos. It was about 10 miles by 6 miles wide. And this island was the worst of the worst of the worst of criminals. These would have been the ones who were the baddest of the bad. So there were no places to go and sleep. John is 90 years old. And he has to climb up through these craggy cliffs and mountains to perhaps find a cave to go settle in. Now, once he was in the cave, at night, the Roman guards for sport would take their bloodthirsty dogs and release them onto this island so that they could go and find whoever they wanted to feed them. They fed the dogs on the island to the people who were put on that island as prisoners. So at night, you're in your cave, you're praying for God's protection, and you hear screams off in the distance of somebody being killed by dogs. You, you would hear murderers that were put on that island going out into the place to murder other people. I'm painting you this picture because we need to understand that if John could be in the Spirit on the Lord's day, that we can be on the Spirit on any day that is in front of us because it is for us to be in the Spirit at all times. Amen? Bad place. He's held up in a cave. And listen, this is where John had the revelation in a revelation of how bad everything's going to get, even though we see that. It's a revelation of Jesus Christ. And I came to tell you this morning that he is returning. And he's going to set up his kingdom. And those who belong to him are going to rule and reign with him here on earth for a thousand years. But listen, this is, my, this is what I want to say to you. But for some in here... You need to get past your Patmos. Because you're in a cave, and it's not a cave of God's glory. It's not a cave of God's Holy Spirit. It's a cave of dread of what's coming around the corner this coming year. Can we have the Holy Spirit remove that from us and get some hope and joy and faith in our hearts and in our lives? Listen, the very place that the enemy desired to kill John was the very place that was the place of the revelation of who Jesus was. 
He stood with Jesus. He walked with Jesus. You know that Jesus loved him and that he loved the Lord. But it's that season, it's that place that we feel like there's nothing else we can do. Look at Revelation 1 verse 9 again. I want to read that to you. I, John, your brother and companion in the suffering and kingdom and patient endurance that are ours in Jesus, was on the Isle of Patmos because of the word of God and the testimony of Jesus. I am on this island because of the word of God and the testimony of Jesus. In other words, there is nothing that I have done wrong. I have found myself in this spot because of what I've done right. Church, don't be surprised when we end up getting in trouble for standing for what is right in our society, in our culture, in our families, and in our lives. Amen? Amen. God's raising up a remnant. He is. He's been doing it for years. I'm about to trip over this thing right here. He is. He's raising up a remnant. So when we find ourselves in that place, and this is going to tie in with next week about being all in for Jesus. But as you pray this week, Lord willing, if you pray about it and want to join us, and you say, Pastor, I, I, I don't understand. I was mentioning to my daughter, teaching her some things about prayer here a few weeks ago. And I said, well... She was seeking a particular answer, and I said, well, there's a lot of power in prayer and fasting. Jesus said himself, not if you fast, when you fast. Fasting is supposed to be a discipline we apply to our lives. And listen, you're not going on a hunger strike, amen? You're not trying to bend God's will to, to something you desire because you laid aside. I want to encourage you, don't just make it. If you, if you pray and say, the Holy Spirit told me to give up you know, food for a certain period of time. That's up to you. You pray and ask the Lord, what do you want me to fast? Here's the point, is when you begin to put your flesh in its proper place, you'll see your spirit, man, just rise up. You'll see it rise up. And carve out more time for God. That's the point. So as you pick up those in the back, the whole thing is, is kind of pushing towards, we need to pray past our Patmos, so that we can reach our community. I'm going to talk about that next week. And then the weeks after, I'm going to start a series on families. I want to encourage our young families with kids. I want to encourage you to make sure that you're in the house of the Lord for those three or four weeks. This will be three weeks from today. We'll start a series on families. The Lord laid it on my heart. I want to give you number one today of how to get past. It's that place you feel like you're dying. That place you feel like, God, I can't move on another foot. God, it's that place where I've swam all this way, Lord, and I don't see anything ahead but fog. It's that place. Number one, wrap yourself up in the power of the Holy Spirit. That's what he said. I want to teach you something. I was taught, I was taught this, and I want to teach you this. Get full of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> Amen? Get full of the Holy Ghost. Wrap yourself up in that power every single day. If you are going to make it to the shore, if you're going to be on the other side, if you're going to make it where God wants you to go, listen, you've got to wrap yourself up and get full of God's Spirit. Amen? Amen. Listen, John isn't allowing these circumstances I just described to you to dictate his life. He is allowing the Spirit and the presence of God to dictate his circumstances. Are you following me? 
He's in a cave, dogs chasing him, surrounded by crazy people. He's stranded, he's 90 years old, and he's not wrapped up in all of that. Let me tell you what he's wrapped up in. He's wrapped up in the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord our God. Amen? Amen. Listen, I want to tell you something this morning. You have got to make up your mind, no matter what you go through, no matter the circumstances, what is in you is greater than what is coming against you. Because if you are filled with God, what is inside of you is able to sustain you for what is ahead of you today. But you've got to tap into that. You've got to make time for that. You have to understand that that is God's greatest desire for anybody. And the best thing you can do when you're in the cave, when you're in on Patmos, when it looks like everything's going to just come out for the worst, you have to understand, quit whining, quit complaining, get some grit down in your spirit, because God created you better than that. Amen? Amen. I'll tell you what I'm thankful for. This may offend some of you in here. I thank God I speak in tongues. Some of you are like, man, I'm at the wrong church. No, you're not, honey. No, you're not. And I don't lift one gift up above the other. You know what I think the proof of being filled with the Holy Spirit is? The fruit. I've seen people blab on in tongues constantly, and the fruit of their life is awful. Some of the meanest people I've met pray in tongues. Come on. It's not about the gift. It's about the gift giver. And when you're in touch with the gift giver, you can be in bad circumstances, but still tap into the presence of God. And let me tell you something. When you tap into that, when you, when you begin to release your prayer language, I love my, I love, and that's what it is. It's a prayer language. Listen, you are praying directly to God. Everybody understand that biblically? Paul said, I, I praise God. I pray in tongues more than any of y'all. Here's why. When I say whining and complaining, because I'm telling on myself this morning. I'm telling on myself. I talked about problems last week and how God's going to deliver us from all our problems. And 15 minutes after the service, got a call from our worship leader that my son just rear-ended somebody up the road. I said, Lord, 2023 is just going great. Let's just kick this year off with some more of the same, y'all. And the, the Holy Spirit arrested me and he said, "There's listen, there is something beyond all this you're walking through. Oh, come on, somebody. I, I look out at a congregation where I know you're dealing with relationship problems. I know you're dealing with health problems. I know that you're dealing with, God, where do I go next? Or you may even be just dealing with a season of life that seems extra lonely. Or you're dealing with something in a couple months that you know is, is circled on the calendar, is coming down the road. And some, listen, i got a word for you. Some of you don't even know how it's going to work out because you've done everything that you can do. And you've held it together and you've pulled it all together. God says today, just release release that to me because when I'm praying in the spirit, when I want to say, God, thanks a lot, 2023, can I go back to 22? And I didn't want to stay in 22. Can I go back? I just began to pray in the spirit because when I'm over here molly grubbing and talking bad about my circumstances, I don't even know what I'm praying to God, but I hope it's like this man is called, he's chosen, he has a purpose on his life, and God, I lift this up to you because what you're praying isn't what you're thinking, and that's a good thing. Because our minds get us in too much trouble, church. Doesn't matter what you think about the situation, it's what the Holy Ghost is saying over the situation. So when Paul when 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 John is in this place, he gets in the spirit. We get in the flesh when we're faced with the fire. 
and the difficulty. Anybody else thankful for the power of the Holy Spirit? Mm. You have to let the anointing of the Holy Ghost take control of your circumstances. Just some good old-fashioned Pentecostal preaching to you today. It is. You just got to let the Holy Ghost take control. Number two, this is so important. He remains sensitive to the Word of the Lord. I'm just going to be honest with you. When I go through a crisis or a struggle, I don't know about you, but I find it really hard to hear God speak to me. Anybody else? But I have a promise for you this morning. John remains sensitive no matter what. And listen, none of us in this room are living in a cave being chased by wild dogs and somebody trying to murder you every night. I hope not. I was, I was going to say a certain place where you, okay. I'm about to get myself in trouble. Unless you live in Sugar Mill Woods. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. That's where I live, so I'm not going to say. Amen. Listen, God is a talking God. He is. I find it really difficult when I'm walking through the fire to hear what the, what the Holy Spirit is saying. Because not only are we to rap and, and literally ask God, God, just make your presence stronger than my fire. Amen. Make your presence stronger than my oil that I'm being dipped in. Make, make your presence stronger than anything else in this moment. But listen, it's, it's when I disconnect from my problems and just go get in nature. Mm-hmm. Because you'll hear God begin to speak. Mm-hmm. It said in there that it was a voice like a trumpet. From behind him. Listen, the voice of the Lord is coming from behind you. Some of you need to slow down to to get in touch with it and hear it. That's a word. When I quiet myself, when I quit complaining about my circumstances, when I begin to wrap myself up in the presence of God, like John did, I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day. And I heard a voice behind me. Like a trumpet. God's speaking about your circumstance. God is speaking about your situation. And if He's not speaking, I told you this before, but it's true. The teacher is always silent when the student is taking the test. Amen? When you're going, I've said this before, it's so true. I, I, I I wish that when you're going through the test, that there's like alarm bells going off, test. Test, test. Here's what I found is when I get on the other side of that test, listen, when my faith is purified, that's what he's doing in your life. Listen, that's what he's doing in the church. If you'll allow him, he is purifying your faith. He is, he is taking your faith and building it because what is ahead isn't going to be conquered with fragile faith. What is ahead? And, and when I mentioned earlier that 2020 hit, and I said to the Lord, I said, Lord, I should have been more in tune and preparing. The Holy Spirit said, go back and look at your sermons for the last three months of 2019. And I did. And in one in particular, I started off right, right in the beginning, and I said, there's a warning from the Lord of what's coming right around the corner. I, I'm, not, I'm not a prophet. I don't have necessarily prophetic gifts and things like that. Um, Wouldn't call myself that. But I do try to listen for the voice of the Holy Spirit. 
And when you're on Patmos, when you're in the difficulty, when you're in the fire, you have to tune yourself to His voice. You have to tune yourself to what He is speaking. Because I'm telling you, He is speaking to you. It might be a problem with the reception. Amen? Amen. Amen. This is a key. Don't ever let somebody else's voice drown out the voice of the Holy Spirit in your life. Don't let somebody else's voice hold more weight than the voice of heaven itself. It's great to have friends and counsel, wisdom and many counselors, Proverbs says. It's great to have people encourage you. It's great to have people teach you. It's great to have people show you who the Lord is. We should all be doing those things regularly in life. But if you ever come talk to me, I'm going to give you the best wisdom I can. I'm going to look you in the eye and tell you, but you need to hear what God is saying to you. Because I'm not trying to connect you with me or a church. I'm trying to connect you with the source of life. And that's the Holy Spirit. Number three, when you're walking through something, don't stay out of church. Are you hearing me? It says it was the Lord's day. What did John do? He made that cave... A church with the presence of God. He wasn't going to keep circumstances from allowing God to wrap himself up in his life and worship him. What happens in verse 8 of chapter 1, it says, Gee, this is where Jesus speaks to him. I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord God, who is and was and is to come, the Almighty. John's in the middle of the mess, but God is talking to John about his future. So when you're in the middle of the mess and you're connected in with the people of God, God isn't going to point you to your past. He's not even going to point you to the circumstance now. He's going to point you towards the future because God said very clearly, He gives us a hope and a future, Jeremiah twenty nine eleven that applies to Israel. But I'm going to claim that promise for myself. Amen? Because He does. In the middle of the Patmos, in the middle of very difficult circumstances for John, God's pointing him to His future. Fourth key, making it past your Patmos or past the thing that you're going through. Lift your eyes because there is always a better future when we focus on God. Are you hearing me this morning? Lift your eyes because there is an old... Here here it is. God has a plan, but maybe you don't. Amen? God has a hope for you, but maybe you don't this morning. If we would wrap ourselves up in the presence of God, hear the voice of the Holy Spirit, He is not going to talk to you about where you've been. And the very first thing you're going to pray tomorrow morning, if you grab one of those sheets as we begin our fast, and that fast may be cutting off the television. If, if you find yourself on Facebook more than you're reading Scripture, Facebook is not the answer to your problem. Amen? It means you have time to be in the Word more. You're just using it to be on social media. So as you lay those things aside, the very first thing that you're going to pray tomorrow during our fast is for healing from past mistakes. Because God is always pointing towards your future, if you'll listen to Him, He's not, if God says as far as the east is from the west, so I have removed your sin from us. And and listen, cast it into the sea of forgetfulness. The only one that's bringing that up, if you've repented, turn the other way and walked away from the sin. Amen? Can't sit there and continually say, God, I did it again, I did it again. All right? 
But I want to declare to you today, there's victory for the people of God in 2023. There's victory over some past sin and some past stuff. But sometimes, some of you need to understand what God did. He said He cast it into the sea of forgetfulness. So you're bringing something up to God that He has forgotten and forgiven you of, but the enemy's using it against you to bind you to your past when God says, I have a hope and a future for each one of you. Listen, you make look rough right now. I'm up here looking at y'all, so. But let me tell you today, church, there is an after this. There is an, that's what the word says, after this. You may be in a fight, but there's an after this. There's a moment that is headed your way. I'm telling you, telling you, I'm telling you. There is a moment that is heading your way that is an open door. The word some precious brother in this church sent me yesterday, and it so hit home was in Revelation where he says, Behold, I have placed before you an open door. Listen, no man can shut it. No man can shut it. So you're looking for the open door. And he says, I shut doors that no one can open. If Jesus shuts it, don't go banging on it. Look for the open door. Look for the future. Look for what God has because God has an after this. I want to end with two passages of Scripture. And Alexis, if you would come, please, and begin to just play. Here in just a moment, Conrad, I want you to go back into the worship setting because I want to give an altar call where people who feel led, and listen, we've experienced the presence of the Lord, but this is a specific altar call that you just feel like you've walked through just a tremendous battle, and it's just sucked the life right out of you. The Holy Spirit wants to renew fresh vision for you. The Holy Spirit wants to renew fresh life in you. He wants you to be wrapped up in Him. So there won't be anybody praying over you up here. So our altar team people who help occasionally, just if you want to come up and, and respond. But let's let people come up here. And we're just going to sing what we were singing just a minute ago. Holy Spirit, you're welcome here. And whether it be right there in your seat or right here, I believe there's going to be an encounter moment with the Lord. Because... In Job 1 verse 1, it says, In the land of Uz there lived a man whose name was Job. The man was blameless and upright, he feared, and shunned evil. So Job did nothing wrong. He was living for God. And you know the story. He lost his health. He lost his family. And that's in verse 1 of chapter 1. Then you go to first, uh, chapter 42 verse 12. And it says, the Lord blessed the latter part of Jacob's life more than the former. He had 14,000 sheep, 6,000 camels, 1,000 yoke of oxen, and 1,000 donkeys. Everybody say, after this. There's always an after this when you go through the fire with your faith intact, the presence of God. You keep connected to God. His purpose is planned in the earth. You stay connected to the body with encouragement. And there is an after this. And can you imagine he lived like another 140 years and the enemy that so badly wanted him to give up and say, Ah, God, you took everything away, so I'm not going to serve you anymore. How many of us just serve God for what he does for us? Well, that'll dry up. Just prove that we serve God because of who he is and who he said he was. And we serve God because we are his people and he is our Lord. But imagine the frustration of the devil. I, I want to live a life that frustrates the, the enemy. Amen? I do. Imagine how frustrated the enemy was. He's like, he had to, because it says there in Job that the enemy was just, he was going around the earth, evaluating, looking. 
He says, have you considered your servant? Or God says to him, have you considered my servant Job? Job loved God. Job served God. Oftentimes we get ourselves in the fire and we, we naturally say, and it's natural for all of us, God, what did I do to deserve this? Can I tell you, everything in the kingdom is upside down. God gives his toughest battles to some of his best warriors. You hear me? And the enemy, for over 100 years, had to walk by Job. And Job is more blessed than he's ever been before. And I came to tell you that when you finally get to the shore, don't worry about the fog. Don't worry about the climb. Don't worry about those things. I want you to see the shore with eyes of the Spirit that what God has right in front of you is far greater than anything you would lay down to Him this morning. Because there is no one else. And He's going to come through. So here it is. Stand with me this morning. Wrap yourself up in God's presence and power. Get a word from God. A promise that He is speaking over your life. You get... You get a word by getting in the word because he's going to speak to you through the word of God. Stay close to your brothers and sisters who can encourage you and pray for you. And understand this this morning, that God wants you to focus on your future, not the past and not the present problems, because God has a hope and a future. And then it says this. I love this. It says, and then the heavens were opened. What we need more than, and this is going to tie into my sermon next week. So I encourage you to come back and get ready. Because what we need when we're in the midst of the fire, what you need more than anything else is a move of God. You need a move of God in your life. When you're in the midst of the trial, in the midst of the difficulty, in the midst of the, the, the pain, you need God just to come and move in surround you and you surround yourself with him let's hit those lights let's begin to sing and i want you again invite you you say god i just i want an open heaven over my life i'm walking through something hard and difficult would you come to this altar and just lift your hands and surrender everything to him because there's going to be an encounter with the holy spirit amen thank you jesus let's sing this together holy spirit you're welcome here in this house god there's somebody here that you have never considered this before in your life, but there's somebody here that has had thoughts in your heart or in your mind that the Lord's saying that those thoughts are in danger of getting into your heart. And if those thoughts can make their way into your heart, then the enemy's design is to pull you down and destroy you. And here's the thoughts that's going through somebody's head here. You've never had these thoughts before, but you've had thoughts of ending your life. And that is a spirit of death and suicide that has has tried to come along and whisper to you. And he's tried to come along and lie to you. And I don't know who you are this morning, but the, the Holy Spirit says, His voice shall rise. He shall rise with healing over you in His wings. And you need to listen to the Word and you need to listen to this voice of the Holy Spirit because I want you to know you are so valuable to Him. 
you are so valuable to him. You have great plan and purpose for this person, Lord. So God, in this moment, at the leading of the Holy Spirit, God, every lie of the enemy, every lie of Satan, that they are not worth it and that nobody wants them and nobody cares about them, God, they're lies because we love you. The Holy Ghost loves you. Jesus loves you. The Father is for you, not against you. So let that break off right now. Let those thoughts, let that voice be broken by the power of the blood of Jesus. And God, I speak new life over everybody in this room. God, I pray we would wrap ourselves up in the presence of God. We would hear your voice like never before. Father, I pray you give us ears to hear what the Spirit of God is saying in this coming year. That no matter the victories and no matter the the difficulties, Lord, today, we just declare, blessed be the name of the Lord. You give and you take away, but we bless the name of the Lord our God. Because, Father, we say today, we don't follow you for the loaves and fishes. We follow you because you have the words of life. So God, I speak life and I speak light in the name of Jesus over every dark corner, every over dark area, over every area of shame and despondency. Father, I speak life in Jesus name. I speak light in Jesus name. God, I speak healing in Jesus name. God, I speak revelation. God, a spirit of wisdom in revelation and the knowledge of you. God, open the eyes of our heart that Father, today we wouldn't get focused on Patmos and we wouldn't get focused on the difficulty, but Jesus, lift our heads today that we focus on the King of heaven, that God, you are walking with us and you are for us, God. You love us so very much for everybody in this room today. Let that reality sink so deep in their hearts that, God, we would walk in your will, walk in the purpose of God, and to see great victory in each of our lives, God, today. Let the encounter of the Holy Spirit flow into each heart, flow into each life. God, for those who have lost loved ones recently and their hearts are broken, God, you said you are near to the brokenhearted and you comfort all who mourn. So, God, today be their comfort, be the strength of their life, and surround and wrap them in the the presence of God. Because, Lord, it's your presence where we live, move, and have our being, Father, this morning. We love and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Raise your hands. I want to bless you today. Amen. Heavenly Father, I bless Christian Center Church. I pray they'd be blessed going in and blessed going out. What a wonderful day in your presence this morning, Lord. How wonderful and how good it is to come into your house, Lord, and to to meet with you and to hear your word. We are so blessed because of the freedoms we enjoy. We're so blessed because, God, you have shined your face upon each heart and life here. So, Father, may we carry that presence continually with us. May we be surrounded by your holy angels. May we be protected, watched over, and blessed until we meet back together at the appointed time. Father, we love and praise you in Jesus' holy name. Amen.